and welcome to an exciting episode. Tanner Fetz joined by Stephen Stamp. And of course, this is the 2021 mock draft of the Panther City Lacrosse Club. Stamper and I are going to go through our picks as if we were Bob Hanley, the GM of Panther City. Um, we might have some similarities and we might have some differences. So let's kind of see where we collide. Make sure you stay tuned for this and the rundown section at the end. Like, share, hit the little bell on the top or the bottom, wherever it may be, and stay in the loop, stay connected. This is Lacrosse. Beautiful play, Aaron Gray He is having himself a tournament. So he's definitely uh, physical, um, athletic, and somebody to be watching for. In the middle, it just bounces off. But it's picked up and scored. Hey, lacrosse friends, as Tanner said to open, we are playing Bob Hamley today. He and I will be making our selections, Tanner and I, that is, for the Panther City Lacrosse Club, one from each team. One important thing to note is that nobody's going to be taking players who are free agents, unrestricted free agents, and can reject the franchise tag. You can just sign them. You don't need to pick them. It'd be just a waste of a draft pick. So, Guys that might be tempting when you see them on the list, like a Dane Dobie, a Dan Coates, Cody Jamison, Brody Merrill, uh, you know, Jeff Shatler, Dan Dawson. None of those guys are getting picked. So if you wonder why we're not picking them, that's why. If you want them, you can just sign them. And uh, if you pick them, they don't have to sign with you. You can't tag them, uh, franchise tag them. So we get that out of the way. We are going to go back and forth. We will start with Albany, the first team alphabetically, and I will start with my pick. And then we're just gonna go back and forth. I'll announce mine, then Tanner will announce his. One thing, and then we'll go the other way with Tanner doing Buffalo. One thing to keep in mind, this is a mock draft, so we should feel free to mock each other for our picks. <laughs> so, That's part so, of the gig, right? right? There may be some mocking. So away we go, and I'm gonna start with the Albany Firewolves and Tricky one, I thought of Jordan Durston because what he can bring to the game is pretty important on that left side, lefty forwards, grit and everything. I thought of Charlie Kitchen, the youngster who has a really high ceiling, but I'm going to go with another lefty forward, Jean-Luc Chetner. I think he's a great two-way player. Uh, well, uh, he's a good two-way player who I think can play a really important role for a team, and I can just see Panther City starting off with Chetner. Uh, here's one that we picked the same guy. I also picked John Luke Chetner as well. He's got 49 points in 22 games in the, the two seasons that he's played. I think he has a lot of potential coming up and obviously proven track record so far with his, uh, with his two seasons under his belt. So he's five foot nine from BC. He knows what it takes to win. I picked him as well. So this is one where we, uh, we both are on the same page. There was, it was hard to decide on that one for sure. I didn't know exactly what direction, and that's where I landed on that one. So, And second pick, Buffalo Bandits. Um, I had a tough decision here on this one as well. A lot of mine were tough decisions, to be quite honest. But I went with Garrick Billings, the forward. He's six foot oh from Langley. Uh, 1986 foreign player, veteran player. Uh, 686 points in 125 games. That right there says it all to me. A uh, guy who could put the ball in the net. Plus, he has playoff experience. Five playoff runs under his belt, 49 points in 10 games. So uh, puts the ball in the net. That's why I went with Garrett. 
We have a very different pick here in Buffalo. I'm probably <laughs> not picking anyone over 30. I, okay, I'm I actually just I'm still waffling on one later in the round, but I'm I'm going with a lot younger team, so I'm not going to pick uh, Garrett Billings. Uh, I my tough decision was between Jordan Sturris, who was taken last year in the draft and hasn't even gotten to suit up in Buffalo, but I went with Brent Noseworthy, who was taken in the first round the year before, a very high upside defender. Uh, he was a goalie for most of his career, right up through midget, didn't switch over until uh, he was later in his career and played defense transition. So he's still kind of learning a lot, but lots of talent, lots of upside. And Brent Noseworthy, to me, is the start of a big, tough, mean defense core that could really help this, this club out. We're going to move on to Calgary. And for me, Calgary may have been the toughest because I thought there were a bunch of players who were all very enticing. And... I thought about, you know, grab a goaltender, Young Landon. Kells, I think, is a franchise goalie in the making. But um, I, I didn't go that way because I'm taking my goalies elsewhere. I thought Liam LeClaire, a uh, defender I really like, Anthony Kalinich, Ethan Tyser. So there's some guys. But I'm going – I want to get some offense. I'm taking Patrick Dodds, who I think, with Panther City having the number one pick in the entry draft this year, they're going to get a ready for it. It's going to be Jonathan Donville or Ryan Lansbury, I would assume. So – I'm going to get Patrick Dodge, who can be a number two and really grow as the team grows. I also went with another forward, uh, a little bit younger this time, though. Um, I went with Dan Taylor. Again, 200-pound lefties from Calgary, Alberta. He's played in the Rocky Mountain, developed there. He's won titles with Calgary and Saskatchewan, although he wasn't a starting player in Saskatchewan, but he was on the team nonetheless. Um, he's only played these two seasons right now, um, and he's got – what do I got? 36 points in 10 games last year in the season before 46 points in 18 games. Those are the two that I focused on. He did play more seasons, but those were now he's developed. Now he's finding the back of the net and he's finding a role on a team. So I did go with Dan Taylor on this one. I really like what he brings to the table. Um, speaking of my older players, I did pick some older veteran players because I know that we can pick younger guys in the draft moving forward, but I wanted to put a winning team on the field right away, win the crowd over because that's going to be a big thing about staying for me in Panther city, right? You got to win the crowd over with the winning team right off the hop. Um, but I did pick some young guys as well. So again, with Colorado mammoth, I went with defenseman Dylan Kinnear. So yeah, younger fella, there was some names on there, but he kind of jumped at me. I wanted to add some backdoor quality players to my squad here early. Um, he hasn't had a lengthy career, um, but he has proven in the shortened season last year that he was reliable. He's six foot nothing, played in the Rocky Mountain. He's got size. He finds the loose balls. He's Minto Cup experienced, and he's got his pro experience with nine goals, eight assists in 17 games last year as a defenseman. Um, you said you're going, sorry, you said you're going with some older guys. I thought you were going to say Joey Capito, who's 31 years old, uh, nicknamed Lightning because of his speed. And I certainly considered Capito. I thought about Dylan Kinnear as well, who is a, a really talented young player. I thought about Brett McIntyre that Colorado took in the draft last year, but I wanted to get some forwards. Lefty forwards are tough to get. Uh, so I took Chris Wardle from Colorado. He's a 40, 50 point a season guy. I think give him a chance to play a bigger role because he's always been a supporting player. I think he could really take off. Uh, okay, we're moving on to Georgia. And for me, this was a relatively easy pick. I was, I did think about Connor Sellers, but to me, I would have probably taken Kevin Orleman in either of the last couple of expansion drafts. I'm taking Kevin Orleman, uh, a potential franchise goalie who you can, you know, 
rely on throw him out there. Again, not too proven, hasn't played a lot, but I think he could be very good in taking Orleman. I went with the goaltender as well. Um, Let me guess, you took the Saskatchewan kid. No, I went with an older goaltender, a veteran goaltender, Mike Poulin. I picked him because you know what? You bring in that guy right now, and then you draft a young guy who can develop under Mike for a few years here, and you're set, right? But you need that winning goalie right off the hop, one who has a proven track record. Um, he averages 11.57 goals against. He's won championships, um, 99 career wins. He's pushing the 100 career win column. Um, and he also has 5,000 career saves, which puts him seventh all time in NLL goalies. He has what it takes. Um, I want a guy in there and I'll bring in the young guy to be mentored by Mike in three to four years here and they'll be ready to go. He's also a UFA. You can reject the franchise tag. So again, my feeling is you could just, you could just sign him if you want. And, uh, you can pick, you can pick somebody else from Georgia. Okay. So that might've been my error. I didn't see him on the list there. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, read carefully. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought I had it all nailed down, but nonetheless, okay. uh, I guess Mike's still my guy. All right, you're up so with Halifax. Halifax. Yeah, Halifax Thunderbirds um, switched it up here. I kind of went forward heavy a little bit at the start, except for Kinnear and Poulin. But Ryan Benesh, 200 pounds from Kitchener, Ontario, proven leader. He's played in the NLL Cup, um, two-time All-Pro first team. Okay, he's got 1,061 points in 212 games in regular season, 85 points in 17 playoff games. He finds the back of that, and I need that. Uh, so if we score goals, we win games, right? So he was my guy from Halifax. Yeah, I love Benny, but I'm not picking a guy in his mid-30s who <laughs> has a, you know, a fairly new career back in Ontario and his young family. Uh, uh, I, I, just, I just didn't go with a lot of older players. And Oh, maybe I should have leaned that way a bit more. But to me, actually, this choice I thought was fairly easy because you've got there were only three players from last year's first round who weren't protected. And the first of them is Ethan Riggs. He's big, he's strong. They liken him to a, another Graham Hossick, which I think might be a bit much because I mean Hoss obviously is is very distinctive in his play. I mean, he's incredible. But I think Ethan Riggs has a lot of upside, and I'm making a big nasty back end and, and Ethan Riggs is going to be my guy for that. New York. To me, New York, there was, I honestly looked at a dozen guys. There was no one to me that jumped out and said, you got to pick this guy. You got to take this one guy. But there was one that, that excites me having gotten a chance to see him play in the arena lacrosse league and really show his stuff. I thought he did pretty well when he got a chance wherever he's played. So I'm taking Matt Marinier again, Big, tough D. I also, I mean, honestly, you can look, I looked at Ty Thompson, Derek Downs, Karen McArdle, or three lefty forwards, three ready forwards, Jake Fox, Travis Longboat, Connor Kelly. I thought about other D, Mac Mitchell, Daryl Robertson, Ethan Schott, Adam Peroni, a bunch of guys you could consider, but I went with Berenier. I think he's got a lot of upside, and I think he's going to be good pretty soon. I went with one of the names you mentioned. So you didn't name a lot of names, though. But, I did. Uh, Travis Longboat. Yeah, Travis Longboat was my guy, Six Nations Ontario product. Um, only one season under his belt, but again, this is a guy that can go with some of my veteran presence and be mentored um, and develop there. So you kind of, I wanted a balance of both. Um, he did notch 27 points in nine games um, and scooped 40 Lucy's. So that's definitely showing that he has what it takes to play at this level. Um, Ontario Junior A, he tallied 432 points in 121 games as well. 
Um, and playoffs, 154 points, 50 games. I think that's enough said right there. He has what it takes for sure. So I like Longboat. I don't think that's a bad pick. Yeah, exactly. Me too. He jumped out at me and um, I, I couldn't, couldn't decide what direction to go with anybody else. He was my guy right on my radar. As I switch things up here now with my next pick, Philadelphia Wings, I went with somebody close to Stamper's home, Corey Vitarelli, Peterborough product. Yeah, career points, 354, 133 games, 42 playoff points in 23 games. He weighs 220 pounds, throws his weight around, finds it back in that. Again, another guy who can uh, work with guys like Travis Longboat and help them develop, but brings that veteran winning presence, goal scoring presence right off the hop. I love Dogger. I've gotten to watch him play a ton. He is dynamite around the net. But again, you know, in the mid-30s, um, never known as a gym rat. You will acknowledge that. And after a year and a half or so off, you know, what kind of shapes are going to be in? And he was getting close to the end. So I went way to the other end of the spectrum. I went way young here. To me, the uh, I, I took one of the other guys who was not protected after being taken in last year's first round, Jackson Subak. I think is a force waiting to happen. Another guy who's developing his game, playing major series lacrosse in Brooklyn and played a lot of senior B. He just played a ton of senior lacrosse when he got the chance to play wherever they asked him to play, do what they asked him to do. He's gritty. He's mean, uh, great kid, but on the floor, he is nasty. Uh, also his dad and I were both rowers for, uh, for, you know, trying out for the Canadian national team. So got that connection but he's jackson earns this one on his own he has a lot of upside rochester to me is a is a tricky one because i didn't think there were a lot of of players that really jumped out to me but there are some that you can definitely add i looked i looked at a couple of guys from around this area um dan mickle is a lefty forward and doug utting is a defender but again they're both they're both guys who've had to earn their way gradually into the league but i ultimately thought you know i don't think they're the guys i want to go with i thought about john wagner but then i thought you know i need to get some offense i didn't think there's a ton of offense young offense available i went with phil caputo because he can play a role various roles in your offense. I think Caputo can really help as a, as a depth forward. And I added him. Well, I know what Stamper is going to think already with my pick here, but uh, <laughs> I went with Paul Dawson. He's going to bring that veteran experience to my back door. I got lots of time to draft young guys, right? I want right now guys who have proven track records. So uh, funny thing is Paul started as a goaltender transitioned into a defender, but when I watch his mic'd up clips and I watch him play, he has a really commanding presence on the floor, um, really real leadership role with his teammates. They well-respected, and that's something that I'm going to need right off the gates. There's still a bunch of free agents too, so I'm getting these veterans, right? But I can still sign free agents that are, that are younger and going to grow with the team as well. Um, so this was my guy that I picked there, and he's got a lot of weight behind him, 237, six foot five. You know, he's fierce. He's ferocious. He's still got it. And he's a beauty. He is. He really is, Yeah. yeah. Great to talk to you too. So San Diego Seals, my next pick. Jeremy Noble is who I went with. Hmm. Yeah. Noble spent uh, his first year in San Diego's pivotal piece in the Seals offense, but was acquired later on by the Mammoth. Um, the Orangeville product, he was second overall selection in the 2014 NLL draft. He's got 299 points in only 77 games. I think he's bringing a lot to the table there offensively. Um, so something that I could add is one of my offensive weapons. 
Yeah, I like I like Chernobyl. Um, I also thought I thought about Casey Jackson because he is just electric, but he's had a lot of injuries and he's in his 30s, uh, only with a couple of seasons in the league, really, because he was a bit later coming in. So I wound up going with Nick Damood, the goaltender, and that'll give me Orleman and Damood. I can play him each for nine games this season, see who I like best, protect them next year from the Vegas expansion draft and expose the other one or trade him before it gets to that point. So I'm taking Damood. Now, we come to Saskatchewan, and I'm making my decision right now. I haven't been able to make a decision. Uh, I really like Matt Hossett. I think he's a very good player. But this is where I am going to go with the UFA, but he can't reject, so you can franchise him. Chris Corbeil, captain of the rush. He's going to be my captain the moment he is, is a Panthers City Cross Club player. And he's 33 years old, still fit as a fiddle great player, great leader. He's going to set the tone in my locker room and on the floor. So I'm going to take Corbeil. And if I don't make him a captain, I might just trade him. Maybe, you know, somebody back East, especially where he's living, has his family and working. Uh, there's got to be some people interested. Maybe I can get some, some picks. I, the one thing I did check into was if I put pick him and lose him as a free agent, do I get the compensatory picks? And I don't believe I would. Plus, the formula is changing. It's not going to be as rich a, uh, a haul for players, especially that didn't play for the team or didn't play long for the team. But I'm going to take Corbeil. He'll either play or I'll get some nice picks for him. So with my pick for Saskatchewan Rush, also pick Chris Corbeil. Uh, you know what? When I worked with the Saskatchewan Rush Club, I got to see Chris on and off the floor, and he has tremendous ability. Again, he was still confidence in those around him. He scores a lot of transition goals too, which is awesome, right? He picks up the ball with speed, catches them on the fast break. His Twitter name is I Love Lucy's. <laughs> so you know he's hungry for the loose balls out there on the floor. Um, and I think with him and Paul on the back door, there's a lot of veteran presence there to help my young guys grow. So I think I've got a solid back, back door with Kinnear as well back there. So, and pooling between the pipes. I'm feeling good about it. Um, so moving on to my next pick with Toronto Rock. I went with 1993 born forward from Six Nations, Johnny Paulus. Um, he played his junior A career for the Arrows. He's won a Minto Cup. He was the Minto Cup MVP in 2014. He is an animal. You know, the Paulus family is a, a well-respected name from Six Nations. They are great at lacrosse. Um, I actually played against Johnny in national tournaments several times. So he, we were just a year apart. He has 417 points in 141 games in the National Cross League. I'm, I'm relying on him to bring some offensive threat there on my front gate. If I could have gotten Marshall Paulus, I would have taken him in a heartbeat, but Saskatchewan wisely protected him. I am going to go with a little streak of lightning um, out, of Nipissing, out of Nipissing University, Scott Dominey. Um, I think he was fantastic when he got his chance in Toronto, really earned his stripes. He's, a, he's just an interesting dude. He's a great, fast player, um, really responsible, has that Orangeville background. Um, I had him on Box Beat last year, and I had wanted to talk about a play, and I, I went back and watched it because Nick Rose hit him with a breakout pass, and he was so far down the floor, I assumed he took off. He leaked a bit, and then I watched the replay a few times, and I pointed out to him, I said, you didn't go until you knew he had the ball. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm not going anywhere until we've got the ball. And he was still, he's so fast and so smart. He got out, got open, caught the pass. And they've been working on that um, in practice. He said, uh, Rosie had a nude stick. So they spent about a hundred passes getting it dialed in. So he said, when he threw me that pass, I had to catch it. 
I had to catch that pass. He went and scored. It was, uh, uh, so I, I'm going with uh, with Scott Dominey, who I think is a, a little more of a lightning. I like that little quote you grabbed there too, because it's so important to stick around and help your goalie defense and not break for the fast break too early, which a lot of guys tend to do and leave their team vulnerable back there, right? So 100%. I respect that. I need more defensemen like that. Right. And still get up the floor. Yeah. I'm going to wrap up with Vancouver and, you know, a lot of players kind of getting a bit older, not a lot of, of guys that make you think, yeah, I want to grab him and fly him in, but I'm going to go with some more grit, some more size and toughness in my back end with Owen Barker. Um, I really like watching him play with Maple Ridge Berards in the main cup. Um, I think he's just on the playing on the line. You know, the guys who get in your face are annoying. You hate to play against them. They just get under your skin. He's one of those, but he doesn't take a ton of needless penalties. I think he's got just enough discipline. He'll take some, he will take some, but that's the price you pay. But I think he's got the enough sandpaper, but enough smartness to play a pretty effective role. That's not a bad pick, actually. I do like that selection there. I, I did see him in uh, his now teammate um, go toe-to-toe -to -toe in Saskatchewan there, and now I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, injured this year, past season. Hurt his leg. It's so long since last season. It's hard to uh, remember. It really is. Uh, anyways, go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, and that's Owen Barker isn't afraid to step up for his teammates. Um and and handle business he's good on the back door i think that was a good selection there it's going to come took... to me. It'll, it'll come to me later okay <laughs> so now i got vancouver warriors my pick justin salt for the transition player 100 points 128 games he's speedy he's fast um finds the back of the net as well and i do like that that's what i like about chris corbeal as well not only do they have size and toughness but they can also put the ball in the net because you know what now being a defenseman is also about being able to transition and or put the ball in the net if you can if that opportunity is there i think that's the way the game is going is having more guys that can play both instead of just having stay-at-home defenders and and that's the role right so um so i did pick him and i think now my well-rounded back door with chris corbeal dawson kinnear and Poulin, i got some age some youth I'm feeling good about it. I, I really feel good about the back door here. I feel like very different approaches, very different philosophies. I've got a much younger team. Uh, you've got a much more experienced team. If I had to pick who whose team, based on this, obviously it's going to be the entry draft or whatever, but based on this as the core, whose team would win more games in their first year, I'd go with your team. But I feel like my team's going to be better in three or four years. Mm -hmm. And, and you know what? I'm probably, I am with you on that for sure. 100% agree. I just think it's important to win the fans over right away, right? Get some wins on your belt. And then hopefully you're drafting well later on. And or you could trade some of these veteran guys as well for teams who are making a playoff push and, and different things like that. You might be able to get some youth for them. But yeah. I think right away, if you lose the crowd and, you know, we want franchise to stick around and really draw people in, right? So you got to win right away. That was the thing with Saskatchewan as well. And I think with Halifax bringing winning teams there, Mm -hmm. puts butts in the seats right away and, and that's important so one thing we didn't mention and maybe we should have is that we're not imagining any trades but surely there will be i talked with bob hamley in last week's show of course and you know we talked about it sometimes a team doesn't want you to take someone so they give you someone to take a different player sometimes you take someone you trade them back to the team sometimes a team wants a player that's unprotected you you pick it him for them and trade him 
to another team. So there are going to be trades and there are going to be lots of things happening that would change the way this works out. So we didn't take any of that into effect. So we'll set up a poll so you can vote on whose draft you like. Mine or Fetchy's. Come on, you know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for the draft. Hang on for the rundown next. Hi, this is Jaden with Al Anderson Source for Sports. Excited to tell you that we got all our new lacrosse product in for this upcoming season. Whether you're playing box or field, our lacrosse experts are going to make sure we get you into the right equipment to elevate your game. At Al Anderson Source for Sports, we know our stuff. Welcome to the rundown. Uh, lots of interesting stuff happening in the world of lacrosse. Not much that has more grab appeal or, or you know, headline appeal than happening in the PLL. So we're going to look at the up and the down. The down, of course, the Matt Godet, Austin Stotts situation. Both have now had their contracts terminated by PLL after, and you know what, go follow Dan Arestia on Twitter. He has laid it out in the thread, but some crazy stuff. If you hadn't heard, he's been reporting it from the beginning, but word is they got in a drunken altercation in a hotel lobby, uh, you know, at a, uh, a game site for the PLL, uh, there's word that, you know, Blaze Reardon's father was there, there's talk, all this talk, and, and Arecia has been reporting that, um, and of course it wound up with the end of Matt Godet's finger coming off. So they're both out, but good news for the PLL, and they need it after that, obviously, is players are being removed from the unavailable to travel list, headlined by Jeff Teat making his debut with, uh, with Atlas this weekend. So some big news there and obviously a lot of excitement coming in with those players. Well, that's exciting actually because Jeff Teat is a really, really good lacrosse player and I want to see uh, how he shapes up in the, the PLL world, right, with, with the talent that's there. And I did see that video of the missing finger. I don't know the alleged incidents. Like I know just as much as you know from what's being reported. I wasn't there obviously, so it's hard for me to say. Wasn't a pleasant video to see, no. but uh, and it's tough to lose your contract, get your contract terminated, right? That's a tough way to go out. Um, now I'm going to transition us into more field across Gary Gate. Again, we did announce already in a rundown section that he is the coach, um, but he did just go through a press release. And uh, the kind of big impact statement that he said is that he wants to bring this program to a heightened level of chemistry and take the program to the next offensive level. Um, creating the chemistry is what he remembers it being like and something that he wants to uh, bring to Syracuse again. So I thought that was important. The press release, it was very lengthy, but I would recommend watching it. I'll post it on the site for you guys. You can watch it right then and there. How's that sound? That sounds great. And Gary Gate also announced signing Dave Petromala to be his defensive coordinator. So Gate will take care of the O. Petromala, another legendary coach, takes care of the D. So they're doing pretty well. And another big step for Syracuse, naming Kayla Trainer, who was a four-time All-American for the Orange. Then she went into coaching and as an assistant coach at Boston College, helped them get to three straight national championship games. She is now the head coach for the Syracuse women. So some big news there as well. I want to talk about Las Vegas. They're playing out of the Mandalay Bay downtown. Uh, I think that's important, right? Obviously you want to be right in the hub of Vegas. If fans have to travel, like you, I've been to an Ottawa Senators game and you have to travel to the Canada Village just outside of downtown. And it takes you a half an hour, 45 minutes to get there. 
you can lose a lot of fans from that potential travel, right? You got to make it convenient for fans to get to your event. And, you know, if they're on the fence on the line and you're half an hour away, you're getting them, right? And I think also that was why my drafting as well, I wanted to put a winning team on the floor. We got to win fans over the National Lacrosse League. And it starts with things like this, putting the arena location, your quality of team, important things to get that half fan who's not quite there, doesn't have their foot all the way into the door, get them in there. Once they get a taste of it, they're going to love it, right? So I thought I, I would share that. And obviously the ownership as well, they're going to do some amazing things. We already did discuss that, but now it's officially announced who's all on the board and they're going to bring a lot to the table. And I'm going to wrap up talking about Sleeping Warrior being released. It's a documentary covering the Kenyan team for the Women's U19 World Championship in Peterborough. And I can tell you from having been there, I called one of the games of the tournament and was around and there was a lot of excitement about this team. And their story is fantastic. The first African team to compete in a World Lacrosse Championship and the story of these girls and what they came through and what they had to overcome to get there. I mean, one of the big things that uh, is talked about in the show, and I have had a chance to talk to Ashley Aitken, who was the liaison for that team, is a friend of mine. She's a very uh she's a community leader in this area and she talks about how you know the girls would come to practice because then they knew they'd get a meal that day and that wasn't always the case at home so there's just it's a terrific movie go check it out sleeping warrior go to world lacrosse and storm trentum the coach for the team uh just a tremendous leader for that group she's put a lot of work in in africa uh both outside of lacrosse and as a leader for this team. And I'm going to have Storm and Ashley on Boxle Beat, my podcast that is part of the Lacrosse Link family uh, in the near future. So keep an eye out for that one. It's a great story. Go check out the video. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool story. That will bring us to the close of this episode. Tanner Fetch, Stephen Stamp signing off. Thank you so much. And again, don't forget to vote in the polls, which team's better. For we me. appreciate you. <laughs> me, 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 come on. Um, and we thank you so much for joining us again in the episode. Share, like, comment for sure. You know what? If you missed the poll, you don't get to the poll on our website, leave a comment. We'll respond there. I, will, I hope to see my name just flat in there. But uh, thanks Dropping. so much, fans. <laughs> Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> we will see you all again soon here on another episode of Lacrosse.